Mike Show. I'm Mike Rod with my co-host John McGinnis, award-winning producer Brian Ham in studio in the bar for the third straight episode. <laughs> oh boy. We're talking music, we're talking shows. Today we're talking Paul Simon with a side of our Garfunkel. Uh, John, I got a bone to pick with you. Oh, already? We're yeah, right already. into it. Yeah, I know. So we're not redoing that intro. You're, you're happy with that one? No, not okay. really. But, All right. Uh, I guess no one's listening anyway, so <laughs> who cares? Let's go. Um, Episode 35 with the six, uh, with the with six. The six, with the, with the six specials. Okay. So, but 29 officially. All right. What yeah. do you, what's so, your bone? You already have a bone to pick with. I haven't even done, I haven't left the, I haven't left the Paul Simon concert during Bridge Over the Troubled Water <laughs> or anything like that. What's the you problem? You probably would have though. Oh man, that I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We're, this was scheduled to be last Thursday, American Thanksgiving. Yeah, American Thanksgiving. American yeah, Thanksgiving. that's true. So thanks, I, thanks for thanks I, for clarifying yeah. which Thanksgiving we were talking about. That's right. What is it with Canadians always <laughs> saying Canadian Thanksgiving? Not just Thanksgiving. You do every time. In I fact, did. you've stopped because every time <laughs> I give you guys crap, like just call oh, it Thanksgiving. You, you shame me into just stopping. call it Thanksgiving. Take your Thanksgiving and call it Thanksgiving. It's not Canadian Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving on the wrong date. But you know, <laughs> anyway. So. I was don't don't distract me, right? I was uh, I, I had this I had this uh, intro bit, funny bit where I was gonna do a little Thanksgiving thing, and then I was gonna say, like ask you what your favorite Thanksgiving side dish was, and I was gonna segue into Art Garfunkel. Because yeah. we never segue very well. We don't, but I like segueing from thanks giving thanks to Art Garfunkel all the time. In fact, <laughs> normally when I sit around the Thanksgiving table with my family, when it comes to me, Art Garfunkel usually works into my, my thanks. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's about a four and a half hour long Thanksgiving speech, but okay. so Art Garfunkel's uh, bound to be in there somewhere. But um, right. favorite side dish? Say favorite side dish though. I'm doing favorite side dish because it's uh, Thanksgiving somewhere. Um, I like green beans, man. I'm a big green bean fan. So anything with green beans. All right. Well, I like. Yeah, it's suspect. I don't like that. But uh, stuffing. Now that I'm a vegetarian, but I get a vegetarian stuffing in there. It's the only time of the year I have it. Okay. Christmas sometimes. But I, yeah, I mean, I I don't put in turkey, mashed potatoes, and stuff, and that's like all the main dish. I went side dish, but okay. Apparently... Well, I would consider just the turkey the main. Okay. That's what I would. Think. All right. Well, yeah. for yeah. another time, we can we can we so, can yeah, hammer this out. All right. Usually. The shit that goes wrong with this podcast. And there's a lot of shit that goes wrong with this podcast. Usually I blame Ham. This one's on you. So anyway, you've deprived well, the listeners of a great Mike and Mac moment. Well, but why didn't you do that for the Thanksgiving that you celebrate in Canada on that day? Why didn't we do it then? Why did you save it for American Thanksgiving? I was whooping it up at Ham's. We weren't okay. podcasting right. that day. Well, yes, we were supposed to do this about it. Canuck. We were supposed to do this about a week ago, so like I'm looking at my notes right now. A, I can't read them because my handwriting's so bad, and B, that doesn't make any sense. Like I had some type of some type of flow here, as yeah. you know, as as all our avid listeners will certainly know the you know how we go through things. So I don't really know what's going on. So they know your flow. All right. Yeah. Well, so we're off to a bang and start here. Okay, when did you first become aware of Paul Simon or Simon and Garfunkel? Well, so my parents were were children of the 60s although they were not hippies at all they were the opposite um but they did have a couple albums i mean i remember um uh ba -ba -da, the um uh, lonely hearts uh sergeant peppers um and i do remember a simon and garfunkel album i think it was the weird one where paul simon's in, in the front and art garfunkel's in the back and you only see like half of art garfunkel's head what was that bridge over troubled water i think so i think i think they had that album 
And I mean, just it was very, you know, Scarborough Fair and all those songs. Um, that wasn't the name of an album, was it, though? But Bridge Over Troubled Water? Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? I thought it, it was Wednesday morning, 3 a.m., Sounds of Silence. Those two were 64, 66, Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Time, 66, Bookends, 68. What was 70? They only had the four. Bridge Over Troubled Water, 70, right? 70? Yeah. They had five. I guess so. I only have four written down. <laughs> oh boy, okay. this is a this is a cracking episode, yeah. man. Woo. Anyway, whatever yeah. album cover that was, but um, I so I kind of remember that, but it was all very kumbaya type of stuff, kumbaya. and, and oh, um, you know, like like so I wasn't loving it, but I think the first time I really kind of knew who Paul Simon was was like late '80s, like I was high school time. I would watch Saturday Night Live a lot. And he was on Saturday Night Live 14 times as a musical yes. guest, as a, as a guest. And even when he was a musical guest, he was always in the skits. There was a bit where Paul, Paul Simon was a musical guest. And there was a bit where he was in line at a movie theater. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Oh, my God. And people come up and say, oh, Paul, how are you? You don't remember me. But I, and he'd be like, oh, so-and-so, I remember you. You are sitting under the tree. Bridge over troubled water right there. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, one of the many times I'm right and you're wrong. Um, no, first time. Go ahead. First time. Um, well, I mean, we don't want to pronounce Tupelo, do we? <laughs> All right. Um, oh, so anyway, there's a there's a scene in Saturday Night Live for that where he's was in line at a movie and and people start coming up with to him and he remembers everybody's name and someone was like, Oh, I saw you in '73 at the you know blah blah blah. And he's like, Oh, you were sitting under the tree and you had a plaid. Thing. Oh, how's your mother doing? I heard she's like, you know this whole thing. And so he's like, the lady that he's with is like, You have an amazing memory. I can't believe it. And then Art Garfunkel walks up. He's like, Hey, Paul, how you doing? He's like, Who are you? This whole thing. And it was really Art Garfunkel was really close. I was that was really really funny. But I think I know before Rhythm of the Saints and Graceland. I think I knew Paul Simon more for Saturday Night Live episodes yeah. than, than anything else. And, yeah. and um, I certainly didn't grow up listening to the music that wasn't on in my house or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's... Well, your parents had the one album, but they, it wasn't played much? Yeah, well, they had like a couple albums that was barely played. Yeah, okay. so, I mean, uh, they, weren't, they weren't big music fans or, or music connoisseurs. There's a lot of elevator music on, the, you know, the, the, the smooth jazz station okay. growing up, so... Hence my propensity. To, so that's was, why I went to heavy metal early. Okay, yeah, yeah you rebelled. Yeah, yeah. But it would be like, a, there'd always be music playing, but just sort of in the background. Not even always, yeah. No, it wasn't a musical household. Okay. Well, we had to do the you know stereotypical piano lessons growing up and stuff like that. You but did. Um, okay. yeah. uh, we were not, there was not a lot of music being played in, okay. in my house. But um, yeah, I don't know. What about you? What you got? Well, I mean, I mean, for me, the Saturday Night Live was Paul Simon coming out in the turkey outfit. Oh my God! Saturday I saw night. that the other day. Right. I saw watched that the other day. And then he goes back. He stops the song halfway through yeah. and goes backstage and starts chewing out Lauren Michaels. Yeah. Like, thanks a lot. Man. Yeah, yeah. You really embarrassed me out there. <laughs> he has a very self-deprecating kind of. He does. Kind of Woody Woody Allen esque yeah. thing. Yeah. He's actually been in a Woody yeah. Allen play. Right? Yeah. Great, uh, yeah. great role. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the and the movies. Kind of uh, was part of the undoing of Simon and Garfunkel. Well, right, yeah. But for me, I guess, well, I don't know. And when I was five years old, 1977, I was in afternoon kindergarten, and my morning routine was afternoon kindergarten. Wait a minute. So Wait, you know, what do you, you got? Know, you wouldn't go a full day in, in Canada at that time. You'd go for the morning. That's the problem with your education. So we're going full day preschool, three years old. 
We were we were we were driving ourselves to school. That's why we walked yeah. we walked backwards up the hill. Yeah, into snowshoes. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Canadians yeah. are soft. Hill both man. ways. Both ways. Yep, explains a lot. All right, so, afternoon kindergarten. Afternoon kindergarten. So my morning routine, I would watch Mr. Dress Up. Okay, that's like uh, hands give me the thumbs hands up. Got, that's hands like got the, the thumbs up. That's the better Canadian version of Mr. Rogers. Oh my God! He had uh, a little tickle trunk and his puppets, Casey and Finnegan. He was friends with. That might be a little okay, weird. So tickle trunk. We're moving on because this this is, this is going up in a and then I would fall watch, of flames right then now. I would watch Sesame Street and Paul Simon had his famous Sesame Street period. Oh, okay, few, but in '77 he was on. He played me and Julio down by the schoolyard, uh, and I would have seen that. No I would never kidding. missed it. I would have I seen that episode. Don't remember that. What? Which character was with him playing? No, it wasn't a character. It was one of the girls that were. You know, sometimes they'd have little kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them. Okay. And uh, Ham, you maybe got pawned out for a show like that of more like your childhood. Not quite. Not, not quite. quite. Not. <laughs> Him, your child back. Your child back. You know, I was never on like a big show. I was in a couple of like TV movies. Was it heroin or cocaine that brought you down? Yeah, <laughs> uh, cocaine. Yeah, yeah, it's one hell of a drug. It has. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> and so that... Uh, Maybe uh, maybe little Mikey saw that before we went off to kindergarten. Um, but uh, half day kindergarten. Half day kindergarten. Uh, my uncle. I remember my uncle Terry, my mom's brother. I remember driving in his car at one point. It would have been a rental car because he lived downtown Toronto. Would sometimes come up and see us, and would rent a car. But and he, he was playing Graceland in the in the tape deck playing Graceland, and I talked to him about that, and I really liked it, and went out and bought that tape sort of shortly after. So that would have been like 86, my grade nine year in high school. I don't think, like middle school, I don't remember. I don't remember anything about Simon and Garfunkel. I didn't see The Graduate until, shit, probably university. Yeah, Graduate was, uh, yeah. I can't remember when I first saw that movie. It was, and it was disturbing and weird. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like at the time. Yeah, it right? kind of weird. Yeah, like. Even now. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, art. I mean, it was cool, but like at the time, you'd never seen a movie like that. So you're like, "What's going on?" Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, was not one that one scene where he comes out? Dustin often comes out in the scuba gear or whatever, and just something goes like that. Goes to the bottom, of the, to the bottom of the pool. Just, Is that how it ends? Is that how it ends? No, that's okay. Near the beginning. Oh, okay. He's graduated college. And yeah, yeah. Like, Kind of Mrs. Know, Robinson and, doesn't know yeah. what he's going to yeah, do yeah. next. Like, imagine that. Yeah. Was that a big deal in the '60s? Like, yeah. that's that's our, that's all. We were all like that. Yeah, we're still like that. Yeah. Yeah. Although gainfully employed. Yeah, thankfully. Today. Um, so yeah, so that would have been in Graceland. So I bought that, and then afterwards I bought Rhythm of the Saints in uh, in '90. But that would have been my my intro to it. But so it you just went from. When you were five years old to buying no, Rhythm of the Saints. To, no, to Graceland. Yeah, with to my, Graceland. To my uncle. Yeah. But, so we're not, we're no longer when you did, when you first heard of them. Well, I don't know if I saw that <laughs> Sesame Street episode or not, but for sure I remember okay. listening to Graceland and Michael Well, Taylor. yes, of course. Yeah, those two albums were massive, right? Like that... What he yeah. did, and we'll get it, I think probably get into those a yeah. little bit more, but those were huge, and those were basically what I, now, when I listen to Paul Simon, or know about Paul Simon, I mean, Simon and Garfunkel, of course, a bit, but it's Rhythm of the Saints and Graceland. That's that's 99% of Paul Simon, for yeah, me. I mean, for me. Like, obviously yeah, not, but yeah, for me. Right, yeah. okay, okay, fair enough. Oh, I mean, those are my, the albums that I, 
you know, that I listen to the most, if, yeah. you know, for sure. Um, but if we go back, so we go back to, let's start with Simon and Garfunkel then. Yep. So they met in like sixth grade. They're both New York guys. Ten years old. Ten years old they met. Okay. Yeah, I know so that. because not I, sixth grade. So earlier. Well, sixth grade in Canada. Yeah, you know, you guys <laughs> well, are like, that's just, that's just Man, there's a lot of Canadian bombs going on. Yeah. Right. No, the, so I only know, change. I only know yeah. it was 10 years old because I just watched a bunch of, um, I watched a David Letterman with Paul Simon on. And then I watched a Howard Stern with Paul Simon on about what happened with Art Garfunkel and, yeah. and that whole thing. And, sure. both, and both he said, well, I met Art and when they were 10 years old, you know. I mean, I've watched a Letterman from like the 80s and yeah. he was already sick of talking about it. He was right. like, do we really going to talk about this again? But uh, he said 10 years old. But anyway, okay. it doesn't matter. So then they, well, I hadn't met in sixth grade, but maybe earlier, yeah. released a song when they were 15 as Tom and Jerry. Yeah, Tom and Jerry. That's a funny name. Yes. Yeah. The funny. Girl For Me. Is it The Girl For Me? Is that the one you're talking about? The first, that song, The Girl For Me, was their first, apparently, okay. what I have here, one of the first songs. Okay. Uh, it's in the Library of Congress right now, and okay. Dad, Dad wrote the down the chords and the lyrics for him. Oh, and uh, I think the original sheet is in the, in the Library of Congress. Okay. And then Simon signed a solo record deal and didn't tell Garfunkel about it, and evidently Art never forgave him for that. And was one what year was it? How old was, how old was when he? Was like, I guess like right around right after that. Okay, so it was Paul Simon that, that ruined it, not our, well, not that, that our Hollywood large, career. Yeah, well, was like, <laughs> that was sort of, you know, they, okay. they each have something to blame. The yeah, other, okay, but, good, good. Because I thought it was so all, all, it was all, know, all Art's fault. Okay, but so it was Paul. I mean, I guess in, the relationship to me is a little comical. I mean, I things I read over the past couple of weeks looking at I mean, like, Garfunkel used to like make fun of his height. Oh really? Yeah, like, he's like Simon's like five two. Yeah, you know. Is he five two? Five foot two? Yeah. And, no. Yeah, really? Yeah, okay. So I mean, and, I mean, so it's like okay, like with someone you probably met when you were ten years old. Yeah. Just probably the shit that you do. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. You know, but uh, and like they were so there's always the jealousy, like you know, Simon writes the songs, so Garfunkel is sort of like jealous of that, but then. Art sings lead on most of the songs, so Simon thinks that people think he wrote the song. Right. He's the main guy, right? So there's this a lot of egos, a lot well, of big right? egos, right? I mean, it's just uh, it's just hilarious. But they only they didn't. Well, I mean, I four, guess four or five of, albums, depending on depending on depending yeah. on whose research you trust, right now. <laughs> well, it looks like yeah, that that is. Uh, so I don't know if maybe one of those was like a single. Maybe Wednesday morning, three a.m. is just a single. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, but. Uh, Wednesday morning three, yeah, that was the first one. Okay, that, that sound of silence. Sixty six. Percy Sage, Rosemary and Time, also sixty six. Um, Did they have two the same 66, year? Sixty six, sixty eight bookend, seventy okay. bridge over tro troubled okay. water, sixty six sound of silence. Yeah. Okay. So spot. Okay. Right. And then We're of course, and then they got back together for concert in the park. Yeah. Park and After they World broke up, then they realized, oh, let's get back together and yeah. make a bunch of money. So that happened, and I mean that was a yes when, of course. When was the first time you heard of them? I mean, the concert in Central Park was is an iconic concert, ah, iconic show. It's a iconic CD set back in the day, yeah. back in the college days. That was always on, always thrown around the dorm room. So okay, so, so my first year of university, when I I didn't get into residence, but I was in a house with six people. One of the girls in the house that was her favorite, Simon and Garfunkel. So that was sort of like the first time where I was hearing not just those few hits right. that I was okay. used to. And, uh, yeah, and I, but I remember, like, when she was, you know, first saying, like, oh, you know, just talking, like, oh, what's your favorite? I was like, oh, 
shit, really? Like, oh, sort of the same like, yeah. reaction, probably like, oh, this is your parents' music. Yeah. Okay, all right. Although, because there, there were there were two concerts in the parks. There was Paul Simon, yeah, ninety-one, and, then, and that was nine ninety-one. Yeah, okay. ten years after yeah. the Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, okay, yeah. ten years yeah. after that. Yeah, so that's the one. This is the ninety-one concert in the park that was on constant rotation and. Yeah. At Shorts Hall, uh, James oh, okay. Madison University. Okay, I, I was in Florida with my high school buddies Eric and Glenn when okay. that was happening, and we'd see the seven hundred fifty thousand people, man. But no, they got the they got that wrong though. That was inflated numbers. It was later they said the max they could have in there was four hundred eighty-five thousand. I don't. I don't I, Fake news, man. Fake news. Fake news. Seven hundred fifty thousand minimum. <laughs> but anyway, like minimum. either way, either way, you see yeah. pictures that that mm -hmm. iconic picture that's mm -hmm. taken from a helicopter. I'm sure, and it's just like, yeah. like, like, what was the point of even being there? I saw, I saw, the, there. I saw the Beach be Boys at the mall in D.C. on Fourth of July one time. Awesome. I didn't even know where the stage was. Right. You can hear you crap. It. it was just like echoing everywhere, and everyone's going crazy because the Beach Boys are playing. I was like, what the heck's going on, yeah. man? So I'd imagine it would be, be similar. I mean, like, well, but anyway, but to be there, of course. Yeah, I mean, I was at Networth. There was 350,000 people, yeah. and like, you know, yeah, I mean, you, we got there super early and sort of uncomfortably stayed close to the stage yeah. for the whole day, but it's like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, just to be there. You yeah. Know, when we saw the stones at the Sarstock thing, I mean, we were way the fuck back. Yeah. It yeah. was just like, yeah, I don't know. You can hear it, and you're, and of course you got the screens, but yeah. But for that '81 one, I don't know that there was a big, there wasn't a screen or anything. I don't think. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. You can't see it on the video anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. The uh, that was back in the day where you just kind of stroll up right to the stage, and there's nothing between you and and Paul. And, yeah. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Maybe, well, someone comes onto the stage yeah, at yeah. one point. Yeah. He, he gives him like a death glare. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe he's just scared to death. I don't yeah. know what he was what he was thinking. But it's funny that on certain songs, like when Simon's singing the lead, like Garfunkel's just like sitting down badly. He's not even doing harmony or yeah. anything, you know. Like there was still a still a weird thing still going a on. Weird, yeah, so it was on. so just to wrap up the Garfunkel and, and Simon, I like I like saying the Garfunkel and Simon, you know. <laughs> you know. Um so, Art was in Catch-22, mm -hmm. the movie Catch-22, which I've never seen, but one of my favorite books. Which was Mike Nichols' movie after The Graduate, right? Oh, was it? Okay. And I think Simon had a role, too. But Simon had a role, but he got written out. He got written out. And shortly after that, they, they went they went. Yeah, the and so ways. they were supposed to record an album, but yeah. Art Garfunkel's role was kept in, and he's mm -hmm. like, well, fuck it, I'm doing this movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and Simon then, has said that if, you think, like, if he... If that had launched his Hollywood career, yeah. then he would have done that, and he would have, yeah. like, fucked me anyway. It was so. our uh, Paul was talking about, like, I call him Paul now. Yeah, um, he was in the he was in the uh, studio, and Art walks in, and uh, Paul facetiously says, "Well, when's your next uh, movie?" And he's like, "Well, I'm starting tomorrow." And yeah. it's like, that was that was it. It was that was done after that. I forget yeah, what yeah. movie, but just the, the Catch Twenty Two. I actually read that book. Okay, like you'd be impressed. I've read that book and not seen the movie, but it's uh, one of my all time favorites. So. Art Garfunkel, okay. Garfunkel, uh, Art Garfunkel was in the movie, so I may yeah. have to see it. But uh, okay. I love the uh, I love that that book, man. Catch Twenty Two. You, okay. um, if you admit that you're insane, that you can't fly, but if you admit that you're insane, you have to be sane, so therefore you can fly. That was the whole Catch Twenty Two, yes, right? right? Did I do that right? Was it something like that? Like, like that. you have to admit in order not to fly, you have to say you're crazy. But if you're if you're crazy, you you wouldn't know you're crazy, so therefore yeah. you can't say you're crazy, so you right. got to fly. And that, yeah, yeah. and. And of course, awesome. Catch Twenty Two now goes yeah. with everything, everything right? Like that. That. Yeah, and also, and all, as as to to be Garfunkel is, I guess, to be uh, 
second fiddle, to play second fiddle. Okay, yeah, right? to be to, Pippin. To be Garfield. Yeah, to, to be, be Pippin. Pippin. Yeah, okay. To be Robin, to Batman. Yeah. Hey, man, I, you know, my dream job is backup <laughs> kicker in the NFL, right? Like, you're never going out there. You're, you're yeah. going out there, but you got to carry backup kickers. Yeah. Well, I know. <laughs> that is why I am not one. Third string quarterback, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Ah, no, that's too much pressure. Too much pressure. You, 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 you might get pulled you in there. The, you never know. You got to learn the playbook. Yeah, and you got to be in shape. Like, backup kicker, like, you're just, you're yeah, having a drink, and, and, you know, yeah. if they need you, they'll let you know. In the, uh... In the world of the Mac and Mike show, do you see yourself as Paul Simon or Art Garfunkel? Oh, I'm Art Garfunkel. There's no doubt. <laughs> so you're the tall, better-looking one. Uh, well, the better voice. Well, on our hats, on our hats that you're wearing, I'm awkwardly in the background while you are kind of for forefront, which is fine. Hey, hey, I'm I'm cool. I'm cool being second fiddle. I got no problem. I would be a great. You're egoless. Yeah. Well, I just don't really care. Um, and I don't need the responsibility, you know? Like, think of the pressure. Sleepless nights running this Mac and Mike show, it's really. A lot I mean, of work. Yeah. It's a lot I mean, of you work. can tell. You can really tell. So, like, I don't, want, I don't want that. I'm happy just to sit here and awkwardly answer your questions and, okay. and make stupid comments. Right. Here, I've long been fascinated with the missing verse from the boxer. Um, well, I'm gonna, what's your. I'm going to read. I'm going to read. I don't know enough about the song. Like, I know it's off Bridge Over Troubled Water, and it's a big, big. It's a, it's a great song, but I don't this know. This is the first time the boxer. I'm talking about the boxer. So the boxer. Well, the boxer. The boxer. So this is not on the release, but in concert he sings it. So I'm going to read the verse to you, and I want you to get your take on it, all right? Now the years are rolling by me, they are rocking evenly. I am older than I once was and younger than I'll be. That's not unusual. No, it isn't strange. After changes upon changes, we are more or less the same. After changes, we are more or less the same. What do you think of that verse? Oh my God, dude. This, I, now, you know what? I'm sweating. <laughs> my palms are sweating. I'm back in English class in high school. I have no idea what you just said. I missed the first line because I was looking at my phone because I still think the boxer was on Bridge Over Troubled Water, but you said it's not. Oh, no, no. So, oh, sorry. I I thought you said this, I thought you called the song. No, no, I said it's oh. on Bridge Over Trouble. Oh, probably. So then I'm looking down and trying Sorry. to get my notes. So, Sorry. Um, so now, and I have no idea what you said. I can't even repeat <laughs> one word. So. Right. So anyway, so. <laughs> do you want me to do it again? And now you're like my LA teacher in, in high school. Anyway, um, moving on from John. Was, anyone else have a, something to say? I always, you're gonna, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to always, read that to me again. Well. You got to give it to me again. Go. Okay. And you know my, you know our listeners are. Sorry, listeners. Your listeners are, are staring out the window. Yeah. Scooter's staring out the window. He's at about. Yeah, he's you know he's about halfway yeah. to Udalia right now. <laughs> he needs it again. So give me again. Slowly. Now the years are rolling by me. They are rocking evenly. I am older than I once was and younger than I'll be. But that's not unusual. And that's not unusual. No, it isn't strange. After changes upon changes, we are more or less the same. After changes, we are more or less the same. Okay, so what? Well, I just want to know what you think. Of it. I don't need you to analyze it, or do you think it's good? Do you think it's it's? Do you think it makes sense? They left it out. What the whole? What do you mean they left? I don't understand what you're saying. So about that. this is this is the this is part of the boxer, but it wasn't on. Okay, so the they left this version. this verse. They out. left that part out, probably just for timing purposes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, but in concert, he will usually. No, oh, you'll usually sing, sing yeah. this verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 younger than I once was, but older than I'll be. What was it? What was it? Yeah, I'm yeah. older than I once was, younger than yeah, I'll be. Older That's than I once was, younger unusual. than I was. Yeah. I always thought that was stupid. Like, yeah, and we're all like that. It's not unusual. That's at any point in time you're like that. But yeah, I think every it's. Every point in time. But as I get older, 
I do like the verse more. Yeah, no, I like it because it's, I mean, it's true. After changes, we are more or less the same. I think there's a lot of truth to that. No, I I I like it. I don't know why they would leave it out. I don't don't know Uh, much about the song, The Boxer, but. Did he ever, like, explain an interview, like, or anything, why he left it out? I mean, probably. I think what I, I didn't hear anything from Paul or Art about it, but uh, what I read was just probably it was just a, timing thing you know what i mean like to keep a song under a certain time you know and i don't know if i don't know if the boxer i assume it was a single off of that album but or it just gained popularity over the years i don't know the, but, uh, what i know about the boxer is going back to that saturday night live skit and kevin neeland walks up to paul simon and says hey and says hey i was uh i, I, I saw you at some some show and he goes looks at him and goes yeah that's right. You were the guy shouted out the boxer. You were kept shouting out the boxer, and Kevin Nealon was like, "Yeah, I love that song." And then Paul Simon's like, "Yeah, but we had just finished playing it." <laughs> He's like, "Oh, sorry, I went to the bathroom and came back and didn't know you played it." It's just, just like, "What's going on?" It's pretty funny. Anyway, that's what I know about the boxer. So. Also, the boxer, the uh, the chorus, the lie, the lie, was yeah, supposed yeah. to be just a filler. Oh, was it? So okay. he used a filler, and, and, and Simon like, was that... going to replace those lyrics later, and he didn't. So he says he's often embarrassed to okay. sing that part when he's... Okay. But I, no, I, I like that. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's right. iconic, it's... right, now? Yeah, totally. All right. So, so Bridge Over Troubled Water, just before we move on from there, was yes. the best-selling uh, album of all time at that point. Oh, really? Yeah. Best-selling album of all time. That's what I have yeah. in my notes. I don't know if it's true or not. But, you and know. this is 1970. This is 70, yeah. So, uh, uh, Beatles album. It's, I mean, uh, it's, really? Mike, Sergeant it's written Pepper. down right here, so it's true. Well, if you read it on the internet, then it is true. Yeah. So after that, Sergeant so... Sergeant Pepper, though. I mean, it, it, I don't know. Mike, All I right. can't, All you right. know, I don't know what to tell you here. Right. We need Ham to look this up. 1970... Bridge Over Troubled Water, was it the best-selling album of all time Listen, at that time? Here's a cool fact. We're all over the place here. Here's a cool fact. I read this today. Art Garfunkel has kept a list of every book he's read since 1968. Wow. And there's some heavy ones. I looked at the list. Not, not all of it. Yeah. Uh, there's some heavy ones on there. How many How many books does he read a year, would you say? Oh, I don't know. hundred, maybe? Oh my God, dude. hundred? That's one every three days? He's essentially like unemployed. No, not a hundred. That's not true. He's got some heavy ones on there. When I was in the Peace Corps, I wrote down... 40, I wrote 40 down... Or, I, I, I kept in my little journal every book that I read. And over those two years, I was probably at about 60, 65 books. Okay. That was my most I've read ever. And I uh, think I've read yeah. like one book since one then. Book so. since. One year, I made a New Year's resolution for myself to read a book a week. So 52 over a year. Yeah. And I did it. Yeah. But, uh, but, but Dr. Seuss doesn't rate that many. Yeah. Well, so. those are some good, that's some good <laughs> shit. Um, but it was like... It was, but it was like, oh God, it's uh, it's you know Thursday night. I I got two hundred pages, so it was like homework. Everything's like, okay, I got to yeah, sit down yeah. and read this, right? Yeah. I oh, like to but, just I like to stack them by on my bedside table, <laughs> yeah. and this every you a few months like switch them out. I think that really that's really good. That way, if anyone kind of randomly walks in my room, they're looking like, oh wow, this guy's wow. smart. He's reading. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good book to read. Well, I used to keep a copy of Ulysses in university in my bookshelf in my room in case I happened to get a girl up there. I felt I'd she'd put, be duly put, impressed. I put Siddhartha by Herman Hesse in my back pocket in university <laughs> walking around campus. Yeah, you know. This whole strolling down. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. Um, give me your top five 
Simon and Garfunkel. Well, okay. You got a so, favorite lyric from Simon and Garfunkel? Well, I know, I knew you were gonna say because you, you must love Paul Simon because he's it's just oh it's God. just lyrics after lyrics and after lyrics. Um, I mean, yes, I, did. I didn't write down any, but I mean the the from the rhythm of the saints and Graceland. There's there's but a that's lot. Simon solo. Oh, sorry, we're still in so Simon, we're still and Simon and Garfunkel. Um, uh, like a bridge over troubled water, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Homeward Bound, you know. Um, they did do, they did cover on their first album, uh, Peggy O, which is one of my favorite uh, dead covers. Yeah. Uh, so I put their on Peggy O and... Um, you were not um, happy. Was not, I mean, it was, it, was, it was folksy, but I mean, yeah. it, I was like, like, why am I bothering listening to this when I can listen to a better version? But um, no, I mean, I don't have a... I mean, I love Cecilia, but um, I don't have a, a favorite. No, okay. go for it. What do you got? I know you've got probably well, I got lists too, I got lists. too many, but... How many can I do? Well, Kathy, I'm lost, I said, though I knew she was sleeping. I'm empty, I'm aching, and I don't know why. I love that off America. Uh, Homeward Bound, you mentioned, all my words come back to me in shades of mediocrity. I think that's a good one. Um, asking only workman's wages. I go looking for a job, but I get no offers. Just a come on from the whores on 7th Avenue. That's a good one. John's left the building. I don't know what the hell's happened, so I'm going to continue. The most iconic, probably, Where Have You Gone, Joe DiMaggio, and yeah. Nation Turns His Lonely Eyes to You. Yeah, Joe D was super upset with that. They thought they were taking the piss. He thought they were taking the piss out of them. No. And someone had to say, no, no, this is like very flattering. This yeah, is like they were... Nostalgia, like a simpler... You know. Right, but back you really in the... Thought, you really thought they were like... Yeah. They were making fun of them. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, yeah. everyone wants to go back to that those the good old days, the good right? The good old days, yeah. What's what's what is off of the, what was that lyric off of which which uh, which song? Mrs. Robinson. Mrs. Robinson. Which right. was originally called Mrs. Roosevelt. Yeah. I learned that in yeah. my uh, yeah in my research Remember that. this week. Yeah. And so Mike Nichols said uh, Roosevelt doesn't work, no. but because because that was from the, the the graduate soundtrack. Right. Do you have a top five Simon and Garfunkel songs? Uh, not really. I mean, just the the big ones are all there, but um, uh, I just go to my number one is Cecilia. So Cecilia number one for Simon and Garfunkel. I mean, all the all the other kumbaya stuff, yeah, it's all okay, but um, I'm not, I'm not a huge, I don't know, I just think it was just that, just the dorky album cover, the Bridge Over Troubled Water one that just got me, I was just like, no, and, um, and it was just so very, a lot of acoustic guitar, and, 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 I don't know, at the time, at the time that I would have been listening to them, I was listening to better music like, you know, Kiss and ACDC Iron and Maiden. stuff, Iron Maiden, so. <laughs> um, all right. Well, um, so Cecilia is your favorite. Yeah. Yeah. First, I'm into Garfunkel, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you always, I heard a couple comedians when I was at university, and I feel like they all did the same bit about the Cecilia. Like, God, what, like, you got out to wash your face, and you come back to bed, and there's someone else, some other dude's in yeah. there. Like, yeah. where'd you go to wash your face? What the fuck, right? You know, but I don't know. I... I kind of got sick of that song, actually. It well, was, it's overplayed, but it's, it's, it's not the, in it's, my top five. It's, it's all really. It's like no. poppy and yeah. like, yeah, I, it's just got a, a, a rhythm to it. It's, it's poppier than some of the other stuff. Yeah, so. for sure. It doesn't almost seem like it fits in. With no, the it, it doesn't. And that's probably why I like it because the rest <laughs> of the stuff I'm like, I mean, I wrote down, I wrote down the Boxer, Bridge Over Troubled Water, um, Homeward Bound, Scarborough Fair, Sounds of Silence, of course. Easy Shade of Winter is a good one. Hazy Shade of Winter. I don't have that one written down on my. What was it? What was out off of? I don't know what I don't, never. I, the only album I owned was Greatest Hits, and then okay, and then some Paul Simon. There was a there was a Simon and Garfunkel Greatest Hits. Yeah. 
I would think. Well, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know when it came out. Okay. Probably, Interesting. I would have had it probably okay. early '90s. Okay. Uh, hmm. My top five. You were you were a greatest hits album guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. So was I. I Big mean, time. just more bang for your buck. Oh right? yeah, definitely. And it gets rid of all the stuff you don't want to listen to. <laughs> Although we probably did ourselves a disservice for some of the well, important of course, bands that we of course, but yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know, yeah. Um, so all mine are like hits except for number five, Richard Corey. Okay, uh, and that was based on a poem of the same name. It's a poem I actually had read in high school. Richard Corey is this sort of wealthy high society type, and he's uh, and the narrator is envious of his life and his material goods, and then sort of at the at the very end of the poem and song, uh, Richard Corey shoots himself, kills himself, okay. shoots himself. Yeah. All right. So it's sort of a, you know, yeah. take on, you know, careful what you wish for sort of thing or whatever. Uh, number four, Homeward, Homeward Bound. Mm -hmm. Number three, Mrs. Robinson. Number, and I go one, two, but to me, by far, this is their two best. So I'd say America, number two, The Boxer, okay. number one. Yeah. Okay. And... Any last words on Simon and Garfunkel? We're going. Paul's going solo. Um, so yeah, just uh, Paul Simon was in his interviews about Art Garfunkel mm -hmm. was just talking about you know Art was kind of a weird weird guy, strange dude. He would he would <laughs> he would walk into the little you know ten years old. He'd walk into the little grocery store or the <clears throat> convenience store and get the um, what was it, Mike and Ike's or one of those, oh, yeah. one of those Mickey candies, those. and he would shake them, and he would sit there and then shake all the boxes, and he would get, he got kicked out of the store a few times, and uh, so Paul went up to the owner's like, what, what are you, why are you kicking him out? And he said, because he shakes the boxes to figure out which has the most Mike and Ike's or whatever, it was, whatever that candy was. Get the musical ear. Yeah, yeah, you know, he just wanted to hear which one, so he kicked him out, and then he had told another story about art that um, they were playing, they were going to Japan to play, and I don't know when this was. Um, the second time they went to Japan to play, I guess they okay. went to twice. And so Art uh, flies in and lands in Japan and walks across Japan for like three months or something like that, or two months or something like that to go to the, the to play at the concert. And nobody knew like he was doing this. No one knew where he was going. No one knew anything about him. He just landed and walked across Japan. But right? he showed up in time. He showed up in time. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, you know. <laughs> All right. So it was just kind of an odd dude, which is kind of fun. So. The uh, the movie This Is Forty, the Judd Apatow movie. Have you ever seen that? No. Uh -uh. Okay, it's with Paul Rudd. So there's a. Have you seen this? Him? There's a funny scene where him and Paul Rudd and the wife are. I don't know if she's turning forty or he's turning forty. What the hell's going on? But they're they, they're arguing through the whole thing. But she's there. Talks about he, he's. She said she's. At, she says about the relationship. She said we're supposed to. Be, she says he says no we're. Like Simon and Garfunkel, and you're making me Garfunkel, right? She uh -huh. goes, I don't even know what that means. And then they, but then later she goes, and I am Simon because he's he's got the talent. And he's <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's sort of they always, uh, you know, they never. It was a beautiful relationship that didn't quite work, right? right? But right. when it did, it was uh, right. it was so good. But of course, like it's, it's not just rock and roll bands. These little. You know, moody folk singers. Can, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. The children of the '60s, man. Yeah. Come on, you're supposed to get along. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Simon and Garfunkel will always be, um, always be that that typical, you know, first first fiddle, second fiddle, you know, yeah. and yeah. and you don't want to be the Art Garfunkel. But I think Art Garfunkel was happy to be the Art Garfunkel, right? Like, I think at times. I think like I don't know. It seemed like I mean, he would rather make movies, and he just kind of did his own thing after Paul Simon. 
kind of went solo. He wasn't like trying to chase Paul Simon down or anything no, like that I to mean, try to chase never, down his popularity or anything. I mean, he, he seemed he, he seemed fine with his, right. his with his, his with his perceived second fiddle status. Maybe. Is there any? Is there any? Are there any Paul Paul Simon or Simon and Garfunkel connoisseurs? Obviously not us. That would that would argue that Garfunkel was actually the more talented, the better, well, the, the one that really voice, held them together. His yeah. voice was so good, but Paul Simon wrote all of okay. it, all the lyrics. I think Paul so. Simon's voice is great. Yeah, it is very good, very good for sure. Yeah. Uh, you would play this in university, though. You would play some Simon and Garfunkel. I think. In well, no, not Simon and Garfunkel. No. Um, uh, Paul Simon. Paul Simon. I th- Graceland, um, Rhythm of the Saints. And Central Park, okay. that Central. Well, I guess Live in Central Park. Live in Central Park was Simon and the Garfunkel. Paul, yeah, the ninety-one. Paul Simon was, did ninety-one. Oh, Paul Simon was only ninety-one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So then, Paul and Art were yeah, eighty-one. Yeah. Then we would never play Garfunkel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So let's move on to Paul Simon then. All right. So we're back after saying we weren't going to talk about Art Garfunkel. Um, <laughs> we've just finished the Art Garfunkel part of the podcast. <laughs> Uh, and now we're going to jump into jump, jump into Paul Simon. <laughs> yeah, um, Paul Simon. So I I just want to jump to Graceland and Rhythm of the Saints because I don't really care about anything else. Mike, you got anything be- pre Graceland '86 about Paul Simon? You want to? A couple things pissed me off. <laughs> um, big surprise. <laughs> Fifty ways to leave your lover pisses me off. Because you because you only need one way or what? <laughs> because he's such a great. He's such a great lyricist. Get on the bus, Gus. Don't be coy, Roy. Ah, are those are those two ways to re- leave your lover? Yeah, get on the bus. Two of the fifty. Don't so get on the bus. <laughs> don't be coy. But don't be coy. Is that how you leave your lover, or be coy? I said don't be coy, Roy. I think he says. But like, how do you leave your lover by being coy? Like, don't be coy if you leave your lover. See, Mike, these are deep. These are deep philosophical questions. I think you've missed the whole point. Anyway, okay. I doubt I have. Uh, I doubt I have. Um, But, yeah, like, God, he's, I don't know, but, and yet that's such a popular song. Well, it's a great song, that's why. Really? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it written down here on my notes. It's one of the, one of my, I don't know if it's my top five, but it's in there. Then, I guess it is. Um, What's, yes, and here's the second thing that pisses me off. Worst album name of all time. Oh, I got it. There goes Ryman Simon. There goes Ryman Simon. <laughs> what in the hell were his people thinking? He said, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. There's yeah. a good album name. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Right? Guy's a genius with words. There goes Ryman Simon. Yeah, yeah. I, that, oh, that did pop out God. as like, what? Is that the... But then, <laughs> but that's where uh, Kodachrome comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, great song. Uh, like American Tune. Yeah, yeah, it loves me like a rock. Um, it's very poppy. Um, it was right after the Paul Simon is, I guess, his debut single album with Mother Child Reunion and yeah. and me and Julia Downing. So we are yeah. two great songs. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, that's a terrible, terrible name for a for an album that <laughs> um, that should not have gotten past the uh, you know edits. So. Absolutely. And then you get, uh, but then you late still late in the evening. I like a lot. Late in the evening is. That's a great album. I mean, sorry, it's a great song off yeah. One Trick Pony. One Trick Pony. You which like was One also, Trick Pony? Uh, you were playing it earlier. Actually, I don't mind it. Um, I, I don't know much about the album. I know it was a movie. Um, it wasn't given very criti- It wasn't a very critically acclaimed, but according to Paul Simon, it's one of his better... One of the things he's most proud of from this from this kind of... From this era? From this era before, okay. the, before the mid-80s, you know? Okay. Or late 80s, I should say. So... Mm-hmm. Um, in one of the interviews I was watching, he was just like, I didn't understand 
like it's there's a lot of pressure to you know put out quality stuff and and when you do and it doesn't get received well you're just yeah. you, you don't understand and so he, i think it's something that he just hasn't quite figured out why why it wasn't a huge success but okay. late in the evening is is i mean it's got to be me and julio late in the evening those two off of that pre graceland is, uh, are the still two still crazy after all these years still crazy is pretty good yeah i think yeah. that's that's you like that one as well to me that's probably the that's probably the one out of his first uh, uh, first me. solo kind of thing for okay all right. for me all right. all right but uh graceland then he was a bit of an afterthought was he by that point, by 86? I think so, because right? from 80 to 86, it really wasn't that much. Not much. I think he did some movies. He was doing some uh, doing some stuff. Um, maybe Winter some Pony was a movie, right? Winter yeah. Pony was a movie and an yeah. album, right? Like, yeah. and, and again, it wasn't huge. It wasn't no. too, too critically acclaimed. No. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it was like like a kind of a dead zone there. Yeah. And then Graceland hit. And, and to me, that's when I first really like knew Paul Simon as Paul Simon and yeah. and just the way he brought, you know, into world music for lack of a better word, but yeah. I mean music specifically from South Africa during the apartheid regime and yeah. or during the apartheid. I mean that was that was huge. I mean Lady Smith Black Mombasa. Um uh I mean just that album was crazy and just the just the concerts when he brought the uh the musicians out and yeah. just some something that hadn't been done. I mean, it did feel a little exploit exploitative at times, you know, like you couldn't quite come to terms with like, is this okay to do? Is, 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 is this okay to do? think about it at the time. No, you didn't? I know I didn't. Like okay. when I was in ninth grade and right. listening to this, no, I didn't. I mean, there's always him in front yeah, yes. of this massive yeah. group from yeah. South Africa going through their, you know, traditional, I guess, dance right. moves or whatever. And, and, right. and, and, and singing and things and there's always felt a little like but if it was just them no one's listening i mean not no one's well no one's listening no, because no, American no, no western well right because of the part because of the embargo right you couldn't but, but, but even if with without the embargo right. north americanis aren't listening it's because simon's in front right. that we're listening right yes because they he made it brought it to the people and he made it into a western yeah. type of music that we would listen to but, but I, he got I, a lot of flack for it Got all the flack for the embargo, and we've brought this up before, and we know we know Kent's take on it. Remember in the um, uh, one of the NCAA yeah. things, he was not happy no, with not Paul Simon for this. Right. Billy Bragg was not happy. Um, yeah. The African Congress was not happy. He was blacklisted from from going to South Africa. It was eventually lifted. Yeah. Um, Stevie Van Zandt, Springsteen's right hand man, in his all our reviews, like because because he 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 organized the Sun City. Yeah, uh, music, uh, song, whatever, and mm -hmm. yeah, he was not happy with Paul's song. Right and to this day, I think because he did, he did. We are the world, and then went to South Africa and recorded this, and, and he recorded this album in seventeen yeah, days. Paul Simon was in We Are the World. Yeah, okay. yeah. and then basically jumped on a plane, broke the embargo, went okay. down there, seventeen days, produced Graceland, and the whole thing was done in seventeen, 17 days. days. That's wow. it's, Mike. It's on my notes. Seventeen days. Okay. That's true. <laughs> I mean, so, okay, so there's two sides of the story, right? Right. And I don't, like, anything controversial, I don't know where I fall, and I'm just kind of ride the fence, but um, I understand both sides. Um, you can't, at the time, you couldn't go to South Africa, and any money you spent in South Africa at that time was going into the pockets of the white apartheid regime, you know, government, right? Um, 
uh, you, so you're paying money to keep the whites in power, yeah. right? right. Um, but um, but you're giving notoriety. You're giving notoriety to, to fame, and so and I can see the see the argument for wait. This actually helps bring down the apartheid regime because you're showing what uh, people in South Africa are having to do, the you know what they're having to go through, the life there. And that actually brings more attention to South Africa and, and humanizes it too, right? Yeah. I mean, it's easy to say, oh, you can't go to South Africa, but it's another thing to like actually bring a band out of South Africa and let them play their music to the world. And then people will be maybe, I don't know, I don't know be more sympathetic, but yeah. will help bring down that regime. Um, Ray Fury, who was his, I think the guitarist on a lot of that, on a lot of that album, he's, um, it's got that, you know, that, to me, that typical, South African guitar, um, maybe kind of like a West African kind of sound to it. I mean, I don't know quite how to place it, but he said, we used it, we used him as much as he used us. There was no abuse. He just came at the right time. Okay. So really like it, it's symbiotic, right? Like obviously people did well latching on with Paul Simon. Paul Simon did well. Yeah. Um, I do think Paul Simon's probably had best intentions I mean, obviously he wants to sell albums, but he's also an artist, right? Yeah. And he heard this this music in South Africa and wanted to to, to go down there and and play with it uh, or play with those audience or those bands and bring it to bring it to an audience. Um, uh, he was not paid to play for any white audiences when he was down there. Uh, he paid the South African artists artists and split the royalties. Who knows how they were split? Yeah, um, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the yeah. Well, of course. I mean, probably not. You know. Split doesn't mean 50-50. Right. doesn't mean 50-50. I mean, maybe 50-50 with Paul and the band, uh, yeah. whichever band he's, he's using at the time, but there's going to be plenty of them, plenty of the, the, those artists. But he brought them on yeah. tour. The, the, he brought the band on tour for Great, the Graceland tour, right? Oh, yeah. They, they, was made, on, they were on Saturday Night Live. They, made, they, they were, made a good chunk of cash, I'm sure. You would, you would think they were... I would think that they were happy. Yeah, at, at the end of the day, you can look back and say, well, wait a minute, we didn't get our fair share. Maybe and probably yeah. I don't know, but yeah. I haven't heard. But I haven't heard lots much of that in the history. Of yeah, Rome, yeah, and sure. Paul Simon probably. I mean, people just get screwed right in yeah. the music industry. But I don't know if Paul Simon was screwing people. I haven't heard from any of the, um, any of the those bands that they now go back and have any hard feelings about it. But I haven't done dug into too much research on right. that. Have you heard of anything? Is it because this is a is it still controversial from the, you know, these bands coming back and saying, "Hey, wait a minute, you you exploited I us." I mean, not that I've heard. Yeah, not that I've heard, but the, uh, the only thing that I see that was like probably not a good idea is he had Linda Ronstadt perform on the album, and she had received five hundred thousand performing for performing at Sun City, which was a yeah, you know white country South African country. resort. So I think uh, I think I think people were kind of pissed off about that. Okay. But that, I mean, so, I mean, I see both sides. I think, man, I think if you can, if you can put the focus on, on South Africa and those musicians and then humanize the plight of people living under the apartheid regime, I think maybe it could have had a net positive effect, but I don't know. What do I know, Mike? Yeah, but there was, so there was like several hit songs off of uh, Graceland. Graceland, title track, Boy in the Bubble. Call me out. I know what I know. Dimes, Dimes on, on Soldier, Soldier Shoes, Shoes, Under African Skies, yeah. Crazy Love. Great, great album. 
I so I started. I put. I started. I wrote down Grace and I said, "Okay, let me write down because I, I knew I know it's coming." Is your yeah. favorite Paul Simon song? So I was like, Graceland. "Okay, let me write down." And it's just like, "Oh, it's not my favorite song, but go ahead." Well, the whole album. The, yeah, is there any album. song you don't like on Graceland? No. No, no they're it's all one, good. It's one of the. It's one of the. There's not many, but there's some albums that you can just listen to the yeah. whole way through. Yeah. Yeah. And right, and you don't have to skip through anything. It's awesome. But Every I mean, song. When I had a tape, I bought it as a tape. Yeah. Of course, it was a pain in the ass to skip through. It was like oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast. But you didn't have that yeah, song. Yeah, stopped in just the right place. And then they invented that, like, skip it's, the song on the tape. Remember that? And you were like, "How did they do this? Yeah, this is magic." It was magic. That was, it was. magic. But, it was. but of course, the CD it was like, "Oh my yeah, god!" Yeah. But then with the CD, I'd buy a CD, but I was listening to three songs. Yeah. And with the tape, I would mostly listen to it all the way through. Right, right, because it was easier. So and then you just because you forget and it's playing, and you're like, oh, I've been listening. Right, to it. right, right. And then yeah, sometimes sometimes I have a CD for months, and then yeah, again you forget and yeah. you're listening to it. It's like, yeah. oh shit, that's a good song. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Graceland. I mean, this is. Uh, I mean, at the time, at, at this point in my life, I wasn't a big Paul Simon Graceland fan. Okay. But certainly, right. I knew all the songs, yeah. and and now when you go back, you're like, wow, that's. What what a great album and what a great uh, sound and and just something that hadn't been done really a lot before from what I know I mean yeah so just and the then fusion. he bounced off that to yeah. rhythm of the rhythm saints, of saints. So that was four years later yeah but I guess he was touring for a couple of years yeah. behind Graceland so it makes sense that sort of yeah time yeah. distance between albums but another another album I bought almost pretty quickly after it was released. My buddy Eric from high school had had that album. I was listening to it in his car, yeah. and then I bought it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and we ended up uh, going to going to see his concert at Skydome April second. For Rhythm of the Saints. Rhythm of the Saints. Okay. It's called Born at the Right Time Tour. Okay. We were seniors in high school, grade thirteen, in the great Canadian education system. We take an extra year of high school. Well, since you only go to kindergarten half a day, so you got to make that. You got to make that up somewhere, man. Right. And you have Thanksgiving way too early, so like your Thanksgiving breaks too early in the school year, you're burned out, you know, like, come on. Um, okay, so you saw, so when you saw them, did, were any of the, was it just Paul Simon and his backing band, or did he yeah. have, like, Paul's, Ola, Paul's, did Olo Doom show up, did Blade of the East with Black Mombasa showed no. up, nothing, nobody. So you, do you want to talk about, when, when did you see, when did you see the, when did you see in Rio? So I've never seen Paul Simon. No, I know, but in okay. Rio you saw. So I went to Carnival in Salvador in northern Brazil. What year is this? This is '97. Okay, I'm going okay. first then. Okay, Let's do this We're, chronologically, I saw him in '91. Okay, I'm right. taking nice. Here. I like that. Good. <laughs> your, your story's probably way better than mine, but go it ahead. It might be. I doubt it. I don't know. But uh, so Eric had this. Yeah, and my buddy Eric and I like he was. He was an MTV guy. Right, mm -hmm. and he was like, whatever was on MTV, he was like, he was in. Well, he, oh my yeah. god, he's just watching this constantly. Mm -hmm. And of course, MTV would play the same fucking video three yeah. or four times an hour. Yeah, but I think the obvious child got played a lot on yeah. there. And uh, I don't remember the this the video. Was it a lot of the the Olo Doom drumming and stuff? Was it like, do you remember the video? I don't. Rem yeah, I think there was some of the video, yeah. some of the, some of the drumming. Yeah. I don't remember it so much. Okay. With Paul Simon videos, I remember, of course, Call Me Al with Chevy Chase. Yes. Doing yes. That. Which kind of was Garfunkeling yeah. him a little bit, right? Yeah. Which was funny because I can never take that song seriously because I can just picture Chevy Chase's goofy okay. face, man. Yeah. 
and the me and Julio down by the studio, yeah. like Mickey Mantle yeah. in that one. Spud Webb's in that one. Oh, yeah, really? I yeah. Spud Webb, right? He's well, like, yeah, Paul Simon was a big, is a big yeah. New York sports fan, New York sports right? Fan, yeah, right? He's, yeah, he's definitely. quintessential New York, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, I don't know, I don't know whose idea it was to go to the show, but he was playing in Sky at home, so, and I, anyway, we decided to go, and Eric's high school girlfriend, Janet McCracken, came with us. McCracken? Janet McCracken? Yeah. Uh, Are you serious? So her brother's That's name a, was, was Daryl. Of course, we called him Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Phil McCracken. That's like, oh my God, that's, that's like a... Oh to me, I don't even know. That's like a, oh a McLovin God. kind of name, you know? <laughs> right, like, right. oh my God. What was it? What was her first name? Janet. Janet McCracken. <laughs> Of all the names, man, that's the best one. That's That's the best one. one. That was a good one. Yeah, no, I mean, she was uh, well thought of in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, let's just move on, yeah. And uh, so, so I don't know whose idea it was to go, but I don't know if like Eric insisted that Janet come or if she insisted that she come, but she clearly did not want to be there. So that was always, uh, and I think that influenced my later decisions to like, I go to a lot of shows on my own yeah. because I would rather be on my own listening to a band I want to see as opposed to like trying to Because like, Ham wouldn't go with you, so you had to go on your <laughs> yeah, own. All right, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I'd rather be on my own to like too, Mike. Begging yeah. or like trying to make, oh, you're having a good time, right? you yeah. know? I mean, yeah, yeah. Not that like Eric really didn't give a fuck either way, yeah. but... So it starts off like I don't know. Like we he drives down to Trump. I can't remember. We used to skip school occasionally. My mom's listening. I was gonna say often, occasionally, mom. Um, and we could sign ourselves out when we were seniors. And then he would always Eric would steal something from thirteenth year, thirteenth year. Yeah, twelve and thirteen. You were allowed. Twelfth and thirteenth year. Your mom and dad had to write you a note to the school saying, yes, saying you could sign out whenever you, you want could to. Sign out yeah. whenever. I, thought you, I, thought, I thought you only had to be 18. So that's 12 and 13. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you're, as right. long as you're 18 years old. You I don't even know. So, I, didn't, I didn't know it was an age thing, but anyway. Maybe, you might be right. Um, no, so I, I, can I, sign I didn't out. turn. Oh, I don't know. I, anyway. I, anyway. Uh, just yet another problem with the Canadian education system, you know. You can just, you can yeah. just sign yourself out. Just you sign know? yourself out. I mean, you're like, you're like 27 at this point. You got so many damn years <laughs> of school. Jesus. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, Eric would lift some jewelry from his mom. Oh my shoes. god, really? Oh, yeah. Are you serious? No, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. He would lift. He would lift some jewelry. Oh my god. He'd get in his his '86 um, Ford Mustang, drive down to drive down to Yelm Street. He would pawn it at one of those pawn shops on Young Street, whatever we could get. We we would often be able to get served at the Hard Rock on Young Street of all places. You would think that that would be... Drinking age is 18 anyway, right? 19. 19, okay. 19, so yep. we were a little younger. But sometimes we get served there. But They were uh, strict about that at the time? Like if you were 18, they would uh, card you and stuff? Yeah. Okay. I mean, at bars, I mean, even in our hometown... We like, I mean, Christ, we try like every. Yeah, yeah. So you knew the weekend. three places you can get away with it. Yeah. 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 Pizza Hut, you could get find. Hey Rock, there you go. I worked at Pizza Hut. There was that one tap of Budweiser <laughs> that that it was just sat, it just sat there on the wall, and you could just walk up and, and pour it. Man, I was making pizzas and drinking Budweiser. Oh, good times. My career good was short lived at Pizza Hut, man. <laughs> so I guess we went down without tickets, but. 
we I remember and I remember the exact spot. I get and I and I'm thinking like I'm thinking like because of where we bought tickets from the scalper that we maybe maybe we took a took a street took a subway down um, or the go train down um, because we got off at Union Station and kind of where you kind of get out of those retail shops and around that first corner. That's where we that's where the scalper was mm-hmm. and it was uh, you know kind of going back and forth on it and I can't remember specifics but we bought three. How, how much did you get for the lifted jewelry from? How, well, depending on what you don't remember like, how much it was. What, what would normally would it be like several hundred bucks or was it like you know thirty? Well, the one thing that bothers me to this day is that uh, you didn't get enough for that. <laughs> that necklace. Is that, no, I mean Eric and his dad used to do these uh, rally. He had his dad would buy these cars and do these mm-hmm. rally car races. He'd buy these kind of I don't know beat up cars and fix them up a bit. They do these rally car races. Awesome. They did one in. In you know Australia and yeah. South America, I think. Oh, sweet, America. really. But at one point, at one of these races, um, Eric's dad bought him and Eric these like matching Rolex watches, right? And oh my uh, God. and then of course, like when you know one of these times when he's pawning shit, he was like, "I'm gonna pawn my Rolex," and I was like, "No, don't, no." Don't do it. Yeah. Don't fucking do it. I wasn't even a big watch guy at that yeah. point. But I was like, don't do it. Your father, like, your dad. Certain things you don't do, man. Certain things you don't do. And he said, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. I have six because we knew the deal. Like when you, you know, sell something to a pawn shop, you have six months to buy it back. So at the same price. Not sure about that. But what if someone comes in that next day and buys it? Well, I guess they don't put it out. Oh, uh, okay. Time. I've never done. I've never done the pawn. Never done the pawn. So pawn. he's like, "Don't worry, don't worry. I just need the cash now, and I'm going to get." And I think he got like, of course, like Rolex prices have ballooned. I'm talking right. about this is like 1990, right. 91, 90, 91 here. Six hundred bucks right. for this fucking Rolex, and I, I said, "Like, you're not gonna, you are not gonna fucking buy this back." Right. Anyways. Four years later, we go to New York City for like a reading week university. He was in college and uh, driving back from New York City, calls home. He's like, oh, my dad died. You know, he's found out his dad died. He'd been sick. His dad died. And I'm thinking, you know, you wish you had that fucking watch. Yeah, man. Stupid asshole. Or his dad, he just takes his dad's now. You know, dad probably didn't pawn it. So, because his dad bought himself one, right? Dad bought himself. Yeah, I don't so, know what so maybe he's, I mean, maybe he he's like brother maybe too, he's like so win win. I got the Rolex back. I got the Rolex back. Told you I would. Oh my <laughs> god, man, that's a tragic story. It's so a tragic anyway. story. Yeah. So anyway, so we bought. I remember like so. I think I feel like he was asking a hundred bucks a piece, and we got it for seventy five. Okay. And I was making five bucks an hour at this point. So this is like yeah. two eight hour shifts right. for me here. Yeah. So this is no big deal. But I remember, and he. More much course, video? Like are you dad, much video or are you Dairy Queen at this point? A major video. Major video, major sorry. Video. Much music, major video. <laughs> yeah. I'm learning a little bit. Major Slowly video. sinking it. Yeah, five bucks an hour. It's only okay. four bucks at Dairy Queen. Yeah. Okay. I actually got up to five twenty five at major video. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Some people got up to like assistant <laughs> I was not like management material. <laughs> no. No. However, uh, I digress. It, and so but so and Eric would have just gotten money from his dad. Like he never fucking worked whatever. Right. Like, yeah. I remember, like, when I was working five bucks an hour at Major Video, his dad used to I mean, he's buying rally cards and going to South America and racing these rally cards. Oh, yeah. He owns a construction company. Yeah, he was doing all right. Yeah, okay. So, uh, we got 75 bucks a piece. We got six row floors. 
his girlfriend Janet was so fucking pissed off that he spent that we'd spend seventy five bucks a piece. I mean, he bought her fucking ticket. Right. Why the fuck do you care? I don't know. Is like put her, was she pissed off from the time we left? I don't remember, but she was pissed off from that point on. It's too much money to spend on this ticket. What do you care? It's not your money. Right. Why are you even here? I don't know. But this is anyway. This is the start of it. But we're six rows. So, so the whole was the whole concert. Was he like worried about her, or she was? No, just, he never worried about her. So what, was she just ruined the vibe? She was. Yeah, she was a downer. Yeah, for okay. sure, she was a downer. Okay. Yeah. So and yeah. yeah, that was my sort of. So from then on, if yeah. I, I wouldn't. You know, if I wasn't sure about someone, yeah, I'm just going on my own. So you went to a lot of concerts on your own. Yeah, because you're not very sure about it. Yeah, yeah, right? Suspect. (laughs) All right, what do we got? What do you got a set list then for us? Okay, here's a set list. The Obvious Child. Oh! Opens with The Obvious Child. Beautiful. Just like he did in the 91 Central Park. Okay. Boy in the Bubble, number two. That's a good one. Okay. She Moves On, Kodachrome. Mm Mm-hmm. You like Kodachrome. Yeah, I like it. Born at the Right Time. Yeah, nice. That's Off, also Rhythm of Saints. Yeah, Rhythm Saints. Further to Fly. Me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Yep. I know what I know. Nice. Train in the distance. Bridge over troubled water. The cool that, that was early for that song, I thought. Okay. Oh, by the way, this is the set list from the Montreal show. There, there, was, nothing, <laughs> there was nothing from the Toronto show. On this this isn't actually your set list. Okay. Well, I, I assume most it's, likely it's, the show it's very after, similar. Yeah. The show before and after yeah. were the same. Yeah. So sorry. I assume, yeah. but there was like nothing. I love this setlist.fm website, but there was nothing for my, the show I went to. I've had that there. problem a couple of times. Have you? Yeah. For okay. my Lou Reed concert, my okay. Lou Reed show, it's yeah. like, I yeah. couldn't get it, so. So it's a little early for Bridge Over Troubled Water, but anyway. The you cool, mean early cool in the set? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The Cool, Cool River, Proof, Graceland, You Can Call Me Out. All intermission? Cool. Intermission? No intermission. No intermission. But get ready for it. Four encores. Four encores. Okay. So there was an intermission. What are you doing for encores? Say your piece and go. Okay. I, am I love four encores. Because it just this doesn't end. You're just like, yes. I hate the one encore. Like t- you get two encores. You get two better, encores. Better. You're loving it. Then you're like, no. And then and then the like the lights turn on. You're like, wait a minute. They might still come out if we keep screaming. Here's what I'm gonna do. When my band, when I get a band and we make it big, I'm playing my best song. My 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 American girl. I'm playing that. As the last song of the of the set, and then I'm saying good night, thank you. For anyone that stays, I'm coming back on. I'm gonna play some like hidden gems, <laughs> some shit off the off the first album that I normally would never play in concert. So you're not only gonna have you're gonna have a best song, you're gonna have hidden gems. <laughs> Do you have a band name yet for this? Not band? Yet. No. no, not yet. No. Listen, I'm putting the cart before the horse, but no. but it's all going to come You have to have a vision, together. Mike. If you don't have a vision, you know. Right, right. So, yeah, anyway. It's not going to happen. All right. If I was Paul Simon's manager, he might have done something with his life instead. So what, what's his best song then? Well, yeah, yeah, you don't want to tell me that yet. Well, so, okay. Yeah, all right, that. so what are the four encore. encores? So, encore one. Still crazy after all these years. Loves me like a rock. Diamonds on the soles of her shoes. Encore two. Hearts and bones. Late in the evening. Encore three, America, the boxer, Cecilia. Encore four, the sound of silence. Wait a minute. What do you mean encore one? You said like three songs. So he plays an encore and then he leaves. And then he comes back on. Oh my God, really? Four encores. Like four So times. when you so said four leave. encores, I thought he left, oh, came back, played songs. four songs. And oh, I got, no, he left the stage. Good night. 
Thank you. Good night. And they came out, played three, four songs, went back. And, yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Jesus that's like Christ. that's like you don't yeah, want it to end, but at a certain time, a certain point, you're like, oh my god, dude, like, just yeah. stop. Yeah. Unless it's a Springsteen show, then just keep going. But just we love this. but just go out, play those, and then leave and come back for one or maybe two songs at the same time. Don't leave and come back. Yeah. Several times. It's just and, and, and I mean, really, was he? This is pre. He played more songs he in his encore like, than he did in his encore concert. three. America, the boxer, Cecilia. So really, you weren't going to play those? Right. Get the fuck out of here, right? right? Yeah. Why would you leave such three excellent songs for an encore? Why just put them in the main? So well, in that's the, the main thing. That's concert. the thing too. Like, with, like, where should your best songs go? Because you know, sometimes. Well, according sometimes to you, that middle section. According to you, flat. you only have one best song, so it's, it's the last song. John, I don't even have a band yet. So no, but I'll, I'll but you only have. But I like you said, I'm playing my hit, my one hit, my best song. Yeah, I like how I like how you admit to to yourself that if you do yeah. get this band together, you're only having one hit. You have my, hidden gems. When I'm you have calling one my hit. first album greatest hits. All right. Just in case, just in case. I'm like, ah, oh, well, I'm going for it. All right, this might, this must be, must be oh good. Oh my god. I'll buy it. Oh Christ. So yeah. So, so how was how was how, how how was he live? Was he uh, fun? Was he yeah, was he was he good? Funny. Does he joke around? I mean, it seems like he's kind of got a personality. Jokes around, yeah, kind of self deprecating. Yeah, he talked to the audience a little bit. Yeah. yeah, you know, he was he was good, you know. And the, at that time, the Skydome was uh, built in '89 or opened in '89, and there was a lot of complaint. I don't know, maybe there still is about the sound, you know, at the dome. And they would play. It was called the Sky Tent, where they would like when the Stones or the Who played to be the whole stadium. This is mm-hmm. like half the stadium. I saw Bowie there, half the stadium, Simon. And uh, there's a lot of complaint about the sound, you know. And But I thought it was good. Yep. And, of course. Well, you were ninth row? I mean. Sixth row. Sixth row. You're, sixth not, row. you're not listening to the nosebleed, you know, yeah, reverb off the off yeah, the stands guess, and everything. Yeah. 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 Well, it's all concrete and it's written. Yeah. yeah. There's the, the way the dome's structured, yeah. it's like there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, echo. Right. When you're higher up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, I really liked it. But again, did I ever go again? No. Did I? I was happy to see him yeah. once. Yeah. I didn't buy an album after Rhythm right. of the Saints. Yeah, I, no. didn't, uh, no. I didn't go to another show when there right. was opportunities to. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, glad I saw him once. You know, if he was, I don't know, I mean, if he was playing in Toronto this summer, I'd go. Yeah, I mean. He's 82. I don't think yeah. he's touring anymore. No. But, uh, yeah. Is Edie Brickell? I was going to ask you. Does, does she still tour or anything? Does she just marry Paul Simon? She came she out with Paul I Know Simon. What I Know and uh, that song and they married Paul Simon and that was it. Yeah. What, what Never was heard from her again. What was their big hit? Eve Brickell and the New Bohemians. I Know What I Know. Oh, what was that? That's Paul Simon. No. Um, I'm Not Afraid of Too Many... I don't, oh, I don't know, know too many things. I know what I mean. Yeah, okay. I mean. Okay, I'm, yeah, not aware, I'm not aware of too many things. I don't know if you know what I mean. She had a great voice, man. So now... They've been married for probably 25 years, and that probably seemed like a good 92 idea. 92, they got married, so so come okay. on, we can do this. So 30 years, 31 years. Nice. Am I right? Nice. Thank you. Nailed it. So that seemed like a good idea at the time. Now she's 50, and he's a, well, I was going to say he's a daughtering. Still a great idea. Still a great idea, because yeah. when yeah. he dies, she has his <laughs> album, she has his music inventory, and She's still got plenty of time. Changing his diapers. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Not, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I, I, he was on Howard Stern recently. He's still he's still together. I was I was listening to. It. I think that was the Howard. I was listening to Howard Stern, and he well, he, 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 he looked 80. eighty. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he looked eighty. He was. He looked eighty, and he was talking about yeah. um, Art Garfunkel. Yeah. I have so. a question for you. Who worse toupee, Elton John or Paul Simon? Was he toupee in it? Well, he's got a wig or something going on. Um, Elton John gets away with it just because he's Elton John. I mean, <laughs> really? just, yeah, he's okay. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, you're 
Elton John, man, whatever. You wear a toupee if you want. You wear whatever you want. Um, no, I don't know. Paul Simon, I didn't realize he toupeed it up. Well, have you seen him through the years? I mean, no, and not really. Like he was going Last bald I remember. in the 70s, and then he was doing the crazy comb over. Was he going bald in the 70s? Because, yeah. because in the 80s, he had like, right. you know, okay. Miraculously came well, apparently, back apparently not Paul Simon, because I had no idea he was toupeeing it. Best toupee ever, probably, for me then. All right, all right. Now, did you, if you were older, you think if you were from a different generation, would you consider a toupee? <laughs> That's not a no. That laugh is not a no. It depends. Do I look as good as Paul Simon? Maybe. Maybe. Um, uh, I don't know. Let me think about the toupee. Uh, I want to see a few options. Um, I'm thinking of going to Istanbul and doing the hair transplants. Every time I fly through Istanbul, which we are tonight, Mikey, we're getting on a plane to Istanbul, there's always people leaving Istanbul that's had the hair transplants. Have you ever seen this? Get a tr- maybe the hair is from your ass. Just get them. Yeah, right I mean, hopefully not, but I mean, okay. you know, I'm named... But uh, so yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll we'll, we'll cover the toupee in another in another time. Okay. But we're getting the hook from Ham over there. But Give I do me have your favorite. No, I do have I do have a. I never saw Paul Simon, but um, yeah. Oh, it, see, so see, Rhythm see. of the Saints, Rhythm of the Saints, Rhythm of the Saints, The Obvious Child. They play with Oladum. Ninety-seven. We go to Carnival in Salvador. Who's we? Me and my buddies, Jason Nedlow, Tim Mallon, um, Stephen Edwards, and Harris Haas. These, these aren't high school friends. These must these be peace corps friends. Peace corps friends. So we're in the peace corps right. in Bolivia, um, and with our with our massive money we're making in the peace corps. But, but many told me you made like, what, a couple hundred bucks a month. Uh, I think we got two hundred dollars a month to okay. live on. Yeah. And you had to pay rent. No. Uh, no, you didn't. You were put up in a place okay. in your village by like your by your NGO okay. by your non governmental organization that was hosting you. Okay. Uh, ideally. Um, but but we, we, we rented a place in the city and stuff. Food, yeah, yeah, yeah. You pay free food and stuff and, and traveling around and stuff. But anyway. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. It was, it was, we would, a different time, man. We would, um, we would uh, run out of money about halfway through the month. Okay. And everyone would scatter off to their, to their sites. And no one would see each other for several weeks. And then as soon as payday happened, people yeah. would kind of come into the city okay. to go to the medical stuff and do their things. You'd see some people and then... Boom, everyone was gone and stuff. But um, do the medical stuff. Was that? Yeah, just because you got uh, you know giardia, you got dysentery, you got to come in and oh, get sore. Um, you got dengue <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, it's good. It was fun. Anyway, so we fly into Salvador. Um, long story there, but we'll just cut to the case because I can see hams itching over there. I know. Um, so we go to Salvador. All the dooms from Salvador, and in Carnival, they have these blocos. These um, the each each neighborhood, each block has their own kind of band. Um, so there's uh, Olo Dunes, probably the most famous one because of this. They have Ile Aie, uh, Timbalada, which you may, I don't know, there's a couple of these, um, these blocos. And what you do is during carnival, each night there's a diff- couple different ones have their their time they're gonna play. So you won't go to these barrios, these, these so neighborhoods. So you knew that you were gonna see these guys? So yes, in my memory, we went to see Olo Doom. I texted my Peace, I got my Peace Corps WhatsApp group and I said, okay. hey guys, did oh, we so. see Olo Doom? Yeah, yeah, we did, we wow. see, did we see Olo Doom when we went to Carnival? Of course, I get smart ass comments back. I think it was Cornelius Brown, <laughs> something, some curse word in Portuguese. 
It's like watching the Almond Brothers playing on the street. Like, they don't answer my question, so I don't know. So I said, okay. do we see Olodoom? I thought we saw Olodoom. We may have seen another one of these bands. So okay. you go up into the, um, into the neighborhoods, and Salvador is kind of uh, like there's up on a hill, and then what happens is like the whole street, there's probably like 200 members all on drums, like 200 people on drums, and they're all playing drums, and then they slowly march down into the city, and all the, the, that night all the ones all the, the neighborhoods that are playing come down and meet kind of in the center of the city in Salvador. And then you have the trio electricos or these big semis with bands on top. And they're all kind of converge downtown. And in my memory, because we had heard of Olodum, we went to go see Olodum and we followed Olodum all the way down yeah. uh, for that night. That's um, awesome. Of course, I can't get a, a confirmation yeah. on this. Right. Um, it could have been another one of these groups called Ileaye as well. Because I remember in the front was that was about 200 members of kids, adults, drummers, and in the front was like a pickup truck and like a, a drag queen on the pickup truck singing as they were going down. And so I've tried to find out who was this band, and I think it was it might have been Ilaia, but it was almost Olodum or it was Olodum. So I have not seen Paul Simon, but I've seen one of his, maybe seen one of the bands maybe that he that he got because he he went to he went to Rio to shoot some to 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 make some music in I think '88 after Graceland. And he saw Olodum just, I think Olodum's a smaller, a smaller group at the time. I think there were like 16 members doing some drumming in, in one of the squares. I don't know if it was Salvador or Rio. And then decided to start recording some music with them. So, oh, cool. um, Obvious Child is Olodum. That, that drum, that drumming intro is Olodum. So. Could someone in their 50s go to Carnival and oh, just like fit in be dude. okay? Brazil Carnival is open to everybody. Oh, everybody. Okay. Mikey, we got to go. Uh, we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. Ham? Carnival? All right. <coughs> yeah. Oh my God. All but right. anyway, so that was my connection. That's my connection to Paul Simon. Well, that's the loose a loose really connection. Good, really good one. Um, do you have a favorite Paul Simon? Well, I mean, you know where this is going to go. So Diamonds of the Soul of the Shoes, is, I like that one. Born at the Right Time was good. Oh, um, lyric first, I was asking. Oh, lyric? No. no. You already okay. tried uh, that. All right, give me your top five. I am. I'm right. I'm in the middle of it. Uh, Kodachrome. <laughs> Late in the evening, number one is obviously the obvious child because of that Oladoom connection. Okay, all right, my top five. And I've got a couple of honorable mentions. You don't like when I do this, but uh, I'm well, still are, ranking are, are my you giving, top five. Are, so, so I'm are still you, ranking my top five, so you, it's okay. Give me the honorable mentions first. Yeah, well, okay. I will, yeah. Late in the evening, still crazy after all these years, boy in the bubble. Those are just misses. Okay. Me. Okay. Okay. So number your top five. eight. Go ahead. Number five, call me out. Is it call me out or you can call me out? Call me out. Call me out. Call me out. Yeah. Number five. You don't like that one, or just you can't. No, take I like it, but it's just it's I it, I, I love Chevy Chase, but yeah. it's just like it's a it's a joke of a song right. because the Chevy Chase was right. so funny, you know. Yeah. And so. And uh, I just hear he's such an asshole. Just, Chevy Chase. Yeah, I've always read that he's such an asshole, and Ham's nodding his head. He heard that, but. Uh, I think Paul Simon's probably pretty curmudgeonly as well. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. He's, he's having a good time in his videos, but I don't know. I'm Bill sure. Murray. Bill Murray seems like a, a kind well, of a fun, yeah. fun old comedian guy that doesn't take himself too seriously. Doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the image he wants to yeah. portray. I mean, he wants to portray a yeah. curmudgeon, but I think he's uh, more yeah. fun than what he lets on. Okay, call me Alpha. Four. Me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Three, Graceland. Two, The Obvious Child. Oh, nice. Number one, Diamonds on the Soul. Okay, nice. Yeah, that was my one and two, too, but I went Diamonds first. I went number two, right you here. You went Diamonds. Obvious Child first. 
I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, yeah sorry. Okay. I mean, Diamond's number two, obviously, child number one. But number two, number one, written right, right there. Right. Written on my sheet, Mikey. It's yeah. got to be true. It's got to be true. Ham, we're done. We're done. Paul Simon. Paul All Simon, right. the longest podcast ever. We, we thought we'd be like 40 minutes. We're not going to talk about our gunfuckle. <laughs> sorry, Ham. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. When I left my home and my family, I was no more than a boy in the company of strangers in the quiet of the railway station, running scared. Laying low, seeking out the poor quarters where the ragged people go, looking for the places only they would know. Bye, la, la. Bye, la, la, la.